What do you got, an itch? I'd love to scratch it. Rush, rush. How did he do such fantastic stunts with such little feet? If you got an itch, now we're at scratch. Rush, rush. 16B. Oh, take off, you hoser. Rush Rash. Rush Rash, a weekly listen through the Rush catalog of studio tracks, one cut at a time, with your co-hosts, Chaz and Chats. Go on, say it, Rush Rash with Chaz and Chats, Rush Rash with Chaz and Chats. Hot damn, A. Now go do that voodoo that you do. Holy shit! Whoa, it is a freaking chat show out there! Oh my god! Chats. What's up, Chaz? Dude, what did you do? The containment unit what? is full yet again, but I understand you were the fucking Uber driver that brought everybody here! What the I fuck did. is going on? I did, I rounded up the posse. Whoa. I am in the containment unit. Oh my and, god! Uh, they are hanging out there, waiting well, I, to at least to... To probably remnants of haggis in there, and I, although uh, you know uh, uh, Leone probably made it smell a little better, so uh, she, so it's okay. She, she might have, but I mean that's that's just Steve Brown. We have Mac Rowe in there now. Yeah, the Leone. So two at one time. We've never had two at one time in there. I would think she's well, you know, people are spilling I've never out seen here. it. I hope it's big enough. Jesus. Although they're they're very close. If they if they're Ooh. on top of each other, it's okay. Oh my gosh. Well, hey, I think that's totally inappropriate. I think you need to do some uh, uh, house cleaning here right now. Tell us who's in this containment unit. What have you done? And what are we doing here tonight? Well, I have... What kind um, of treatment that we have to my... administer here? I've never had to do a, co- a co-ed uh, treatment here. I'm so excited. <laughs> uh, it is my pleasure to bring in the uh, the two people that, that helped me to um, uh, discover this crazy band rush uh, over nearly 40 years of what? exploration. Oh my God. Yeah, 40 yeah. years, holy 40 shit, years. whose voice am I yeah. hearing? She's out, who's, well, who's here? I'm not that old, she, what are you She's sneaking about? out. <laughs> let's, let's, let's first bring out um, the one and only Owl, J9, Janine Schwarz, uh, our the illustrious lead vocalist. Well, thank you, best one in the band. You were Welcome. <laughs> <laughs> and, and not far behind on her tail is none other than the guitar virtuoso, musical genius, leader of the band, Matthew Halper. Wow. So come on out, guys, and, and, and take a round of applause. Hey everybody! So great to be with Chaz and Chats. Oh, the the epic members of the Sensational Second Contact. We have heard so much about you both, Matt, Janine. Welcome. So thank glad you. To have you here. Pleasure well, to be here. I, I would I would be really surprised if he hadn't shared enough about us by this point. I mean, you you guys have had this going for how long at this point? Oh, what are we into, 12, Shads? 14? Right? This is, no, is this episode this is 14, 14, pal? Yes. Nice. Believe it or You're not. You're here past your bar mitzvah. Hey, <laughs> mazel tov. <laughs> <Oppa>. <laughs>
Rock and roll. Woo. Fuck yes. <laughs> right. So, wow. You guys, yeah, we have heard the story. And so we're going to bypass a lot of our normal routines tonight to get into the story of Second Contact and Shatz's, how his love of Rush came to be with his two great friends. So, Shatz, I'm not kidding Absolutely. you, my friend. This is the Shatz show. Fucking I hear all yeah. this shit all the time. People keep him breaking my balls. Hey, I hear it's the Shatz. It's the Chaz and Shatz show. It's really the Chaz show. Don't hear enough about Shat. <laughs> so tonight it is the fucking Shat show. Woo! You, are you really gonna keep your mouth shut through this? Uh, whole as much as I, as <laughs> much as I can. What? A bullshit? A bullshit? A bullshit? A bullshit? I, I can't believe it. I don't know. You've told me so much about Matt and his deep knowledge of all things life, sir. Particularly life and life's in portage. Uh, I might want to pipe in there, but I'll wait. I digress. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Over to you. Well, Chaz is a guitar player, so he's uh, he was looking forward to meeting you, Matt, and and talking uh, shop with you. That nice. I get to talk to the drummers, and and Chaz would really like to talk about Rush and Alex Lifeson with uh, with the guitarist. Well, Chaz. So I hey, go ahead. I'm sorry. Chaz and I can probably do a three-hour show on the side for that one. Oh, we might have to. You might have to come back. Yes, the Lifeson Chord Special. That'll be it. That'll be us. We'll call it Hemispheres. So go ahead, Chaz. It's all you, baby. So, all right. So so these two beautiful people, um, we started out uh, in high school really like almost 40 years ago or more than 40 years ago. It was like 42 years ago. Uh, 1979, 1980, I think. Boy, I gotta I, say, of the three of you, the two of them look nothing as old as you do, my friend. Wow. Oh, that's brutal. You would not have seen that at all. There weren't any arguments or curses like in the movies. So your murderers come with smiles. They come as your friends. Oh, that was a compliment for you two. What? I'm sorry. <laughs> Everything in chats is expense. I'm sorry. Oh, I said I would keep my mouth shut, right, chats? I'm sorry. <laughs> That's okay. That's one. Carry on. That's one so, of the band. Yeah, I was like a year into playing the drums. Wow, that was it? You were already that, that was good? It. I started at 16 and I started jamming with, with Matt and his brother Mike at 17 and down in the basement where we rehearsed to this day, Chaz. Back in Jersey. Same. Back in oh Jersey, God, Early yes. Road and Fairlawn, New Jersey. The same house. No uh, joke. We're, we're still jamming in. That's so crazy. Cool. So sentimental. It wow. is. It is. It, it brings back every time I drive up to that house. I, I'm I'm 20 again. Yeah. Maybe not 17. I have a few more years on me. So yeah. then, what's the earworm? As soon as you see the house, what's the earworm that immediately pops in? What's oh, the song you hear know. in your head? Zan it could be any number of songs. <laughs> you said it, probably Xanadu, It could go right? from Xanadu yeah. to um, uh, 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 Leonard Skinner, One More From The Road, uh, <laughs> to um, uh, old uh, Judas Priest. And, oh, that's right, uh, because you guys aren't just a Rush, you're not a Rush cover band, you're not a Rush tribute we're, we're, band. We're a tribute Rush. band occasionally. Yeah, but we've always played a lot of Rush from day one. Yeah. That's what like, turned me on to the band. I just could not believe my e I, my little 15 and a half, 16 year old little owlet ears were like, the oh owl. my God. I had just heard 21, I, I digress, sorry, taking your time for a minute, but I 
I got familiarized first with 2112 on eight track tape at Tammy Yarun's house in Fairlawn. Excellent. Down the block. Excellent. I can't tell you exactly what song got cut down the middle, but it was probably one of the really important songs on that album <laughs> <laughs> that like continued on the next side. But uh, yeah, sure, on an eight track. Yeah, yeah. And and I got, a, you know, what they said, oh hey, come down and see this band, you know. And so I went, and I just was blown away. I was like, these guys are doing it to a T. How is that even possible? <laughs> you know, it, was, it, was, it was a total epiphany because I said to myself, I got to be in this. I got to be with these guys. This is just that's... too cool for words. So the musicianship was oh, with. Yeah, I can't even say the word. It musicianship was, was already <laughs> there. Uh, absolutely. Wow. Unbelievably so. Excellent. Yes, we were little rushies. <laughs> and uh, un unfortunately, we, we didn't uh, we didn't delve into too much original music. We stuck with uh, playing other people's music. And but uh, well, you see, that means you were real musicians because in my neighborhood we were playing our own shit because we couldn't play anybody else's. So you know that's just the way it went with us. That's but funny. now, right yeah. now, I understand, uh, Matt. You you are uh, when it comes to uh, uh, musical knowledge and being able to recreate Rush sounds uh, uh, beyond like what Mr. Whip uh, uh, Whip Shats talks about all the time with his uh, recreation of Neil's parts. You have been billed on this show as the uh, Alex Lifeson incarnate there uh, in the Northeast. That you could answer any and all questions, and you are studied so deeply. Tell us about your love of all things life, and how did that develop? You know, it's interesting. I, I um, there's no doubt that Alex Lifeson is probably one of the top two, three influences, two or three influences for me. But I, I definitely am not an Alex Lifeson guitarist. You know, in terms of the, the way I approach the instrument, but I, I love Alex Lifeson. I love everything he does as a songwriter. But yeah, you know, I, I also was chewing on you know, Jimmy Page and uh, when oh, Randy Rose sure. came out. Um, you know, there, there was so many parallel things going on in my life at the time, but. Um, but Janine and Shatz are definitely hitting the nail on the head when we were, when I was early teens, I was 13 years older, so I heard, um, I might have been 12 as a matter of fact, I heard oh, it was All the World's a Stage, the Rush Live album, that really was my first introduction to Rush. I had not heard a studio album, but it was the live album, the complexity of the music and the fact that they pulled it off as a trio live just drew me in like I, I was addicted at that point. And then it wasn't long after that Shatz and I, um, you know, we got together and started delving into Rush. But Rush for us was like, um, was like classical music. We wanted to study it, like studying a Beethoven sonata. We really just wanted to know the notes. We wanted to know what the heck they're doing to make that kind of music. So, you know, for me as a young musician, I was just so intrigued by everything Rush. So it became not just like an object of, of musical pleasure. It was an object of study. You had to know what was going on. So, uh, Matt, so how did you, I never asked you this. How did you and, because you and Shaz have a couple of years between you. I know you went to the same high school, but how did you find each other at that age? And I you know, know that you each had the same interest in music. You know, it's a funny story. I, I don't even know the details myself because I'm a couple of years younger, but um, Shaz's older sister did babysit for me and my brother when we were in our No school. shit. Yeah, uh, it, goes back, funny. Gee, it goes back earlier than you think, actually. It, so, even before Shaz and I <laughs> And it, 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 it literally, it literally goes back to the single-digit years with us. Wow! wow. Yeah, yeah. Kind of disturbing. 
But um, there's no doubt. There's no doubt that when we, when we started jamming, um, we we dove right into Rush. I, for me, uh, all the roles of stage, particularly the live version of 2112, before I discovered the studio album, was very much on my mind. Like, how do you make this music? And that Shaq was part of that early project. And uh, yeah, we were we were ambitious and very serious. And just, you know, if you if you feel uh, music deeply and you want to make music, you have to you know dive in like that. And so we we uh, we went far very quickly. Um, you know, we were obviously a little ambitious, but uh, I think we did a pretty good job. Like, Hearing some of those old cassettes, I think we got most of it at the time, you know. So that was kind of cool. Yeah, yeah. I, I think we blew people away with our 2112 at uh, Thomas Jefferson Junior High School. Oh, I just think we, we absolutely did. When I think of Janine and Chad, so in the earliest days, though, um, what comes up, to, the, the song that you were asking, Chad, which one kind of pops up, and the one yeah. that kind of unconsciously immediately hits my mind is always something for nothing. I don't yeah. know what. Oh, yeah. Really? Yeah. Like, okay. A teeny bopper of a little girl with an incredibly high voice at the time, incredible <laughs> pitch and great expression. Her pitch was impeccable, and it was like the best version of it. I've ever heard anyone doing something for nothing because we could nail it that in those days. It was so, um, and so that, that was one of our staples. We, we could definitely give it a, give it another go yeah, today. Was, <laughs> yeah, just something about being so young and, and ripping out that song. I remember when we did some of our first concerts, these kind of you know um, high school auditorium type concerts. Um, yeah, we were, that was a staple of what we did. So we were known very um, young and pretty widely in, in this multiple town area that they were ripping out things like that at 13, 14. Oh, yeah. Well, especially if you were focused on that album. So then you got things like Anthem, right? So uh, Working Man, right? I mean, you're probably, if you're tearing into the early catalog, man, she was belting them out. That range oh, yeah. got to be way up there. We jammed yeah, everything back then, in the world of stage. Everything back then there really wasn't there wasn't much else from Rush until Permanent Waves. Well, no, no, that that's not true. There was. There well, they was started bringing it down and, a little bit. Hmm. Um, it was. Uh, there was Hemispheres and uh, and um, uh, Farewell to Kings. That was strong medicine, though. Though we, we that took a little time. When I was 13 years old, when I started hearing those albums, that was a lot to process. And so there's no doubt that Farewell to Kings was was. Um, was a slow burn for me, but once I once I you know figured out what's going on there, that that album was it was yeah mind blowing. That was a change of uh, a game changer for all the things. Oh man, yeah, yeah for me Matt, still to this day, playing still? closer to the heart. How old were you when that came out? Well, Farewell to Kings was uh, seventy-seven. I was eleven years old. Oh wow, okay. Mm. That was a lot earlier yeah. than I thought. Okay. You know, I I think all world all the worlds of stage was a good entree for us because because they were still growing as musicians. So it was stuff that we could actually kind of do. We could kind of play, <laughs> but then all of a sudden, um, a farewell to Kings and Hemispheres, and, and we were like, oh my God, how did you <laughs> do that? You gotta up your game. Yeah, it was the yeah. musicianship. It was, it was also sonically what was going on. The, the introduction of the synthesizers, the, uh, the Moog synthesizers, the Taurus pedals, all those things. Just was a, it was a different level for a bunch of teenagers. So I think even to this day, a lot of people enjoy playing the earlier Rush because it, it's a true power trio. You know, before they started enhancing the instrumentation, uh, there's something kind of raw and elemental about Rush up through you know what was encapsulated in the older old stage album. Yeah, I would agree. Definitely. I would agree. And it started becoming very much a big, big uh, commercial act in arena rock uh, with permanent waves. Really, yeah. when I started getting it, and a lot of production, a lot, a lot, a lot of layered sounds and. Synth Exactly. Yeah. Um, Getty was talking last night, and we, we'll get more into uh, 
uh, my F in life, but um, just a quick story about, uh, uh, you remember a few weeks back when Steve Brown was talking about the Glastegan Chorus? Yes. Am I pronouncing that right, Glastegan? I think so. In Glasgow, yes. right? Glaswegian. Glaswegian. Glaswegian, yeah. Okay. And um, and so, and how Steve Brown said that um, that one of the live Rush albums that, that in Glasgow, they had this chorus of people in the audience singing along with Close to the Heart. And Getty commented on how moved he was from that performance. I think I think one of the questions, it was question and answer. One of the questions was, do you remember, or maybe it was Paul Rudd that asked, do you remember your shows? Do you remember any of, you know, anything from your, your shows? And that was one thing that he mentioned was this Glaswegian chorus. Mm -hmm. And Steve Brown said that he recreated that in Glasgow with um, uh, his band uh, Moving Pictures. Yes. And some of the same people that were at the Rush show doing the chorus were at this show, and they recreated it, and uh, and he was blown away by it. Oh, that's cool. That's yeah, sweet. Yeah. That was a cool, a cool story. Yeah, I think it was actually disc one or disc two of Exit Stage Left, um, Closer to the Heart, the version on that is what he was referring to. Yes. Oh, yeah? Oh, so yeah, that's yeah. Steve time. is very particular about that, right? Because he's very particular about Alex's tones from like 76 at the Armory. And, you know, I'm using this cabinet. I'm using it's all through my friggin, you know, wonderful foot pedal and my Kemper, right? And I'm a Kemper guy and all that. So, yeah. So, Matt, are you uh, heavily into the pedals? I mean, I've heard a few of the live cuts of your band when you guys are blasting out some Rush. Um, mm -hmm. Sounds like you're going for a pretty authentic sound, too. No, no absolutely. I I wouldn't call myself the most authentic Alex Lifeson sound. I, I, um, there are others who really get into, you know, the authenticity of the amps, the whole signal chain. Um, I definitely am paying attention to the sound to get it in, in the ballpark. But um, yeah. I, I've gone through the various phases of electric guitarist, uh, you know, uh, journeys from amps to <laughs> amp modeling. I'm not right. actually amps these days. I'm doing amps because I mean that's back to amps. Yeah, I'm back to amps, a stereo amps. Amps and wires? Are you are you wired or are you wireless? I, I am. I am wireless. I'm wired, and um, yeah. and I, I use a, a pair of amps like like Alex likes, and I do a lot of stereo sounds. I think in order oh, to okay. in order to capture a lot of that middle period stuff, you need a pair of amplifiers with true stereo chorusing to amps and other uh, other effects that are that are ca capture some of the size and width, the breadth of uh, of an Alex Lifeson sound. Oh, so, I bet uh, you guys have a wide sound live, huh? That's got to be really wide. We have a lot of sound. Oh yeah, yeah. well with that, especially with you filling out the back end, why wouldn't you? Come Charles, on. I mean, you need to come and hear for yourself, and then you can tell everybody. Uh, absolutely, you are you kidding? Yes, I think I saw you guys once years and years ago when I lived at, uh, on on Passaic Street in Hackensack, and it's uh, you know a night I'll never remember, oh, really? and I'm sure I'll, uh, I'll yeah. always uh, <laughs> one of those. You've no, was... really been enjoying yourself then. <laughs> <laughs> that was that was the um, that was my Alan Chapman Blue Eden years. Oh, that the Blue Eden years. Oh, that's, yeah, that's the, band. the Blue Eden. Years. Oh that's, yeah, I remember that. That is that post one. Stargazer and pre yeah. Second Contact. Oh okay. Oh. So that was so. not. Yes, yeah, back in the day. That was not you. Okay, no. no back in the day, that. Chaz, we we were we were um, Stargazer. That's um, it. Okay. Yeah, from from the song from Rainbow. Yeah, no, I knew you had to have your band and what you were doing with our uh, with our uh, housemate there. 
with the oh, 60s yeah. retro sound. But uh, yeah, <laughs> okay. So you time. guys took a little hiatus there as Second Contact Band yeah, for a while. Yeah, a couple huh? years. Okay. Well, Life was happening. What was going on there? Do we want to talk about that or no? Is that taboo? Is that like showing no, not at all. kind of not stuff? At all. But, we, okay. We, we, we kind of ran the, um, the, um, the gamut of what we were doing and, uh, you know, we were starting to get into our careers and our lives. I got married. Uh, I got divorced. <laughs> I ended up with Chapman in, in Hackensack. And, and so we, we all just, you know, we, we, we kind of, you know, lived our lives for yeah. two decades. Okay. But uh, never lost touch with each other, and I would go and jam with uh, with Matt and his brother, and Janine would come down and sing, and uh, so we would get together. I don't know, maybe sometimes it was once a year, sometimes it was every couple of years, sometimes it was a few times a year. You know, we always and, say uh, that it's us three that that'll always stick together no matter what, right? So you want the core, the power trigger, right here, <laughs> kind of like right. We are the core. Um, Matt's go. brother Mike was the was the bass player back then, and um, and he oh, he kind of slowly. You are describing himself. a rush type of relationship here. Forty years of yeah. friendship, making music. That's insane. Oh, nice. <laughs> it really is. That's it's awesome. awesome, and it's and it's incredibly cool. Mike actually is probably the most authentic rushy of all of us in the sense that he has got a really snappy Getty Lee-esque sound. His attack of the string with his right hand, the way he plays it, he still plays the mm. second contact as a guest artist here and there, often joining us for some Rush songs. So in some in some strange sense, the most uh, detached one from the current project is, is probably the most Rush authentic. <laughs> he could pick really up is. and really rip out the Getty, very authentic Getty Lee sound and, and a musical approach. It's really quite, uh, fun when he joins us. It's, I yeah, love he's when got, he's on stage with us. It's, it's very exciting and he's a sweetheart and it's like old times. Yeah, He's got a black Rick. Matt, is that a 4001 or a 4003? It is, and it's from the right day. It's from that right era. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like so he's got it, the letter. He's got it. Yeah. Is it 4001 or 4003? No, 4001. And yeah, that's it's like 4001. It's, 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 it's a late 70s bass. It, it, it's, it's the vintage. Yeah, that is. That has got yeah, to oh, sound fat. Oh, baby. It sounds great. He doesn't play it as much as I'd like him to. He's got a jazz bass. He's also got the Getty jazz. You both a... have guitars from back in the day that you're still using? Yeah, yeah I, I'm still using instruments from 70. Something, absolutely. Oh. oh, Matt, you got wow. your Flying V there? Or what are you playing there? Uh, no, I got my I got my the HH2, the, um, the Holdsworth model. Oh. oh, very nice. All right, let's hear the license chord. <laughs> you want to hear the... Oh, the one? The one. Got the one you're referring to? The F sharp. Oh, down we, yes. That, that's exactly it. But we couldn't hear it. I couldn't hear it. No. Um, he, if you're silent for a minute, you'll hear it. Yeah, exactly. Yep. A little underwater. The technology yeah, has gotten so good. Blue. Damn it, yeah. damn it. Why? Well, Zoom has gotten very good at filtering out background noise. I, yeah, yeah, exactly. I, I tried to do the same thing on a, on a corporate call. I tried to play my guitar yeah, for everybody. They were like... Of all things to be considered background noise, the genius right? of the guitar. Right. <laughs> yeah. yeah, well, we're low tech around here, so we don't have the uh, tools and technology <laughs> yet to bring that out. But uh, someday we will, absolutely. 
So Matt's got a, um, a, a late 70s, mid 70s, uh, silver burst flying V, uh, oh. gives him flying V that oh, he had back then, and oh, he still man. plays to this day. Oh, and, wow. Uh, yeah. It's like yeah. a Lenny Kravitz guitar, man. You know, it's like something, you know. <laughs> oh. it's, it's more Randy Rhodes than-, uh, than Randy? Okay. okay. <laughs> Nothing sure. bluesy about it. <laughs> no, it, it, it reminds me more of um, of Priest than Randy because Randy had those funky, funky yeah. flying beats. Oh, he had the Jacksons. Yeah, he played the Jacksons yeah. mostly. But you're right. Yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. Priest, so KK. I would consider. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I would Michael consider Matt. Shanker. Yeah, I was going to say. Yeah, Macaulay Shanker, Michael Shanker. Yeah. Matt is more of a uh, Randy Rhodes disciple. Uh -huh. um, he can, can I, when we play, go ahead. It's hard to say. I mean, I mean, and yes, in the visual, because of the V, many people make the association, but I, there's no doubt that, that Alex Lyson, um, Chaz, you said you're interested in the whole Alex Lyson, like guitar idiom. And, and, and for me as well, I mean, um, other projects I do and, and things that were outgrowth of my rock and roll youth, I, it was Alex Lyson's chord voicing, all those interesting innovations mm. he had on the guitar that's stuck with me and still stick with me, you know, when I write today. And even when I went on to become, you know, interested in classical music and composing things like that, it, it was it was the chord voicings of Alex Lyson that definitely yes. um, set me on fast. So my, my connection to Alex Lyson is not this kind of literal emulation of him as a guitarist looking like him playing his instruments, but literally the impact of his guitar writing, the, the kind yes. of harmony he used. And 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 you know, we could like I said, you could you could do many episodes on how innovative he was in the mid '70s. Um, it's not to say there weren't other guitarists doing things like that, but. A lot of rock is so powerful and heavy, and Alex Lyson in the mid-70s was really just pushing the envelope um, in a way that was kind of daring, but also very accessible. And uh, so, I mean, I, I am a real disciple of Alex Lyson, but kind of in a deeper way, you know, a less overt way. No, you're absolutely right where I am too. You know, you're just kind of appreciating where, as you said, all of the voicings and where everyone else is playing a power chord, you can damn well sure he's not. There's a power chord in there, but there are also all the other notes that support that and widen that sound and bring that soundscape to something that, yes, none, no one else was doing. Uh, maybe to the extent that, you know, someone like... Uh, you know, Jimmy Page when he's orchestrating something, right, in the studio. I mean, when these guys are in the studio, they were doing big, lush things. Alex was as well, but he was doing them with enough mastery and simplicity that you said it yourself. He could do it live. And that's something the other guys that were doing that shit in the studio could not do. Yeah, I, could I not. Yeah. yeah. So that's where I really yeah. appreciate him. They translate to the concert hall so well. Um, yeah, and, and even in the early days, there was a lushness to what they brought to the to the live yes. performance. Uh, that you're right. When you hear certain, um, I mean, uh, there's no doubt that um, if you're looking for precursors, Jimmy Page is definitely an Alex Lifeson precursor yep. because he was yep. a brilliant and innovative guitarist, not just a blues rock guitarist, but there's right. a side of Jimmy Page that's very progressive with his chord voicing. I mean, even if you look at things that are um, like the Rain song or the song remains the same. Mm -hmm. And through the outdoor presence, I mean, the, the songs on those albums, you're absolutely right. Sure. So there's no doubt that Jimmy Page deserves a lot of credit. He himself is a kind of proto Alex Lyson or, or Alex Lyson's a disciple. But um, it was, if you hear a lot of the bootleg live albums from Zeppelin, they're not as satisfying to my ear as I the agree. live Rush albums. The Rush oh, albums. Oh, you're absolutely right. Yes. So there's something <laughs> smart about their writing. There's, there's no doubt that they had this intuition about when they were writing that how translatable, how transferable is this to the live um, condition. And, and Rush just does, does better live with their music for sure.
Yeah, well, it was just so much better structured and it wasn't as freeform or as improvised as Jimmy Page would get, right? So where Alex would, would improvise in his solos, it would be in sections and after he'd gotten through all the very well-structured stuff and he was not, as you could hear in those live versions, going way far afield on a tangent. They weren't getting lost in 20-minute space jams, right? They were doing <laughs> things very tastefully within the, you know, within the what I would call the confinement or the constraint of the songs that they built and everyone loved, right? You could always get something different, but st still get the exact, really same masterful musical experience, yeah. but then that improvised feeling of it as well in there, right? That was always a part of their live shows. The drums were a little heavier in the Zeppelin era, so I think <laughs> the heroin might have been hard, right? Yeah, <laughs> to, to play through the the tangential thing in the Zeppelin <laughs> part of the game, you know. Well, well, Getty, Getty touched on that last night, and and we all know that they were stoners. Um, oh, but he yeah. said that that we we were so um, uh, into what we were doing as musicians and 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 what we could do live that we never allowed ourselves to um, let that spill into our live performance. He said there was time to party after the gig or, you know, at night, but but during the gig or before the gig, nothing. And uh, and he said, we, we knew we knew our limitations and we knew what we wanted to bring to the audience. And we wouldn't allow ourselves to uh, to go down that path that so many other bands did. Uh, Aerosmith comes to mind and uh, you know, Motley Crue and some of the later Excellent. ones. Right. Um, um, Keith Moon um, and uh, John Bonham. Mm. Uh, and they said, they said they would never do that. He, he told a story about Alex uh, uh, used to roll, roll these monster joints and they would call them <laughs> rocket ships, giant joints, and they would fly them to each other to take a hit. <laughs> nice. So they're, they're, at, they're at a gig, they're a supporting act at a gig where, where and I don't know it, what band it was, it could have been Uriah Heat, but I, I'm not sure. Um, it was their last night of their tour. And, uh, and so they were partying. And so Alex, they had this ounce of weed that they, they were gonna now fly off to some other area and they couldn't take it with them. And so Getty's like, well, we, we don't wanna waste it. So Alex rolled a, a huge joint with, with a full ounce of weed. Oh my God. And they gave it, they gave it to the guys in the other band before, before the, the, uh, the gig, before the concert. Be careful with that shit, man. And to their surprise, the guys smoked it before they went on stage, the whole thing. Wow, man. Hey, what was that shit, man? Oh man, what band? Did he say I what band? I can't remember. I, I can't remember the name. Uriah Heep sounds like he could be right about that. Yeah, Did he yeah, say hilarious. I, I, he said it was a jam band. I don't. I don't think. Well, he, he said they were a jam band, so they were just like, yeah, yeah, man. man. Great. <laughs> so that was a fun story. Uh, well, you've left it. You're talking about the elephant in the living room here. You went and saw the man last night at his Zeppelin show for his Zeppelin book. Called my effing life. Did you take your friends with no. you? Your forty, your friends for I, forty years. I took you take my them with friend's you? wife. <laughs> what? Yeah, um, Matt's wife, Bobby Ann.
came with oh. us, me and, me and Terry. Uh, Matt wanted to go, but he had other obligations, and uh, and so he, could, he couldn't be there. I that's no Margaret. It was at the Beacon Theater. Oh, that's right. Okay. Nice. Yeah, yeah. Did you get to meet him in person? What? No, I, I was just about 100 feet away from him. What? That's as close as I got. Oh, did you um, see Tim down in the audience there? Did you see the white no, hair, the beard, and was, all the ponytail and all that? I was looking for him. But you know yeah. who I did see? No. We saw, um, we saw a guy that comes to all of our gigs. Uh, that guy, Joe, that hangs out with Kathleen. Oh, yes, yes. The guy who works at the Oradell Playhouse, the little yeah. firehouse theater in Oradell. Yeah. Oh, he works there too with Kathleen? He does. Is he that does how they know each those. other? Yes. Ah, okay. So yeah, this guy, this guy comes to all. He's a huge Rush fan, and he yeah. comes to almost all our gigs. In fact, he said he said that he was he tried to get into the Maywood Inn, and they turned him away. Right. Oh shit! <laughs> oh, we had yeah, that the whole. Yeah. Chaz, we had that the whole night. No, you're I mean, kidding. Well, well oh, yeah, man, yeah, that place, place is so small. The place even got fined because they were over capacity. Oh man! And the fire marshal apparently was sitting there having dinner, hanging out, whatever. Really? And, oh my goodness, so many of my friends were turned away, of our friends were turned away. Jeez, that's a small world, the freaking fire marshal shows up to your show. What's that shit all about? <laughs> eh? Is he looking for well, money to let people come in the door? Like, hey, a couple bucks, I look the other way. Yeah, who knows? Oh. I'll tell you what, nice, I, 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 wouldn't, I wouldn't go, if I was him, I wouldn't go there for dinner anytime soon. <laughs> You know exactly. I mean? well, this is very yeah. true. <laughs> yeah, well, now it's like Outbreak Central Day. Oh, hey, we're going to get sued. We better watch out. Okay. Hey. <laughs> so, uh, so we want to talk more about uh, Getty Lee, or do we want to talk more about Second Contact? What do you want to do? This is the shot show, baby. Oh, this is the I'm shot show. Back. Yeah, I'm sitting yeah. back. You're in charge. So, Janine, let me ask you. Uh, so you 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 hear twenty one twelve, right? And then you hear us. Was that was that the whole thing that that started you on the rush journey? Was there something else? Well, um, about you know, Tammy and... Tammy turned me on to the music. I'm I'm pretty sure my friend Tammy is the one that you know kind of introduced me to the music. I'm I'm not sure That's... if I would have known it. That's really kind of unbelievable that it was Tammy that turned you well, on to Rush. I can I can absolutely give her credit for introducing me to you guys. She gets all the credit in the world yes. for, you know, for that. And I really, I, I feel like I really maybe owe her that thanks. I don't remember the last time I thanked her for, you know, creating this beautiful life of music for me, you know. Well, but, you should um, do that. I, absolutely. I think I have, but I will again. Right she's, even she's even invited me. Yeah. She's a snowbird now. She's invited me to Florida, so I should take her up on that too. But uh, um, nice. when she introduced she... me to 2112, or I already knew about it because we were in high school together, I'm not sure, but we did listen to 2112 on 8 track at her house in Fairlawn down the street from Matt Halper. And okay, were, were you smoking joints? No, I was Come never. On, I was never a pot smoker. No. <laughs> Everyone at my yeshiva high school, Frisch and Paramus, assumed I was because I was in a rock and roll band. But no, I, I didn't. Oh, and you, and know, you hung out with that that hoodlum Donnie Collins. I was very green and naive. 
Am I gonna have to obscure the names of the innocent here? What are you doing? You're dropping dimes on everybody, Shatz. Yeah, too many names. What are you doing, man? What are you doing? We just we we just enjoyed it like in a natural in a natural way. That's it. It was a natural euphoria. The acid had nothing to do with it. As great as euphoric listening to 2112 as I was when I was invited to Matt's basement to hear the guys jam and heard them replicate it. To my ears, it sounded like it was replicated to a T, and I think it was. As and close as we could get to it. I just Sounds like they were nerding around. Yeah. Believe my ears, and I just was like, I gotta get with these guys. This is just too, too amazing. <laughs> And the rest is history. The rest is, wow, yeah. here we are. Yeah. Time has yeah. not stood still. You guys have stood together, a little hiatus, but here you are back again, and you've now been making music together for a few years again here. Yeah. Maybe 13 years, what was that? Yeah. What was the wow. date at yeah. the- uh, 13, maybe 12. Uh, that's great. Yeah. I and you got quite out. a set list, right? So you're not just Rush, let's be fair. You're not playing just Rush. You're actually playing some sophisticated music. Um, yeah, but to, to put it in context, given you know, where, where we are on the Rush Rash podcast, we do have over, we have over three hours of Rush worked up, you know, from really no. deep. We do things like Madrigal and Tears and, and Cinderella Man, you know, that kind of stuff, all the way up to the War Horses, you know, the, you know Natural Science and... Uh, and Tom Sawyer and Spirit of Radio. So we, we have a large a chunk of the Rush catalog ready to go. And, you know, we've done some Rush tribute projects. We're invited to do it. Um, yeah. We enjoyed really playing the Overtime Angels um, charity invited us to join uh, uh, several of your other bands, Solar Federation and others have played at um, at Rush Camp. And that, that's just a great, uh, you know, coming together of all the Rush fans and all the Rush enthusiasts. And uh, we had a great time playing there, a good two and a half hour set. So um, so there's a lot of Rush ready to go. But when we do our general second contact thing, we try to diversify and, and we, we're, we're, you know, we're, we're targeting an audience, whoever we're playing for. But there's never a lack of Rush songs. I think we're always one out of five is Rush. That's awesome. And I will something on that, you know, that they come to see us for that very reason, so we don't want to disappoint them. No, <laughs> and we well, love it you so much, so it's you know, it's true. When we do a cover gig, it, it, when when I announce we're doing Rush, all of a sudden the people are on their feet and the screaming, and it's it's it is interesting that as much as there's a passion for classic rock of various stripes, you know, we'll we'll do sticks and we'll do Kansas and yes and other things and. But when we do the rush, everyone is singing. We did Red Barchetti the other night. Right. I think literally, you know, you had dozens and dozens of people singing louder than the band, singing every line of Red Barchetta. You know, which is uh, yeah, Red Barchetta is a literary song. It's a short story, and you have sure. people in a bar singing this piece of literature along with. <laughs> it's, really, it's pretty cool. You know, it's interesting. Really that hides a shiny car. A brilliant Barchetta from me. Yeah. Well, Chaz, I'll. I'll I'm sorry, Matt, I cut you off there. No, I'm just saying it's a very unique thing about Rush fans and Rush enthusiasts. Oh, yeah. It just has a kind of intensity and depth. And uh, and when people like their Rush, they love their Rush. Oh, they oh, yeah. do. I'll tell you what. So yeah. I'm in a cheesy hairball. You know, we're, we're playing hair metal. And like, you know, um, uh, in the middle of the set, you know, if we're looking for something, I'll just like banter with the crowd and be like, hey, who loves Rush? And that, that praise will go nuts. And I'll have to say, Okay, we're not playing any, but that's great to know. <laughs> and then, you know, so I painted the band into a corner. The last time I did that, so we we came away with so many people saying, you got to play Rush. We finally integrated Limelight, so we've been working on that. I'm very happy, but that's uh, getting mixed in with, you know, 
Friggin' Van Halen, Bon Jovi, Rat, you know, all that stuff. So anyway, well, you I, guys are more serious than that. I pulled up a, uh, a a copy of our set list from the last weekend. So I'll give okay. you a taste of, of, of the diversity. Let's hear so we it. Opened, we opened with Separate Ways, Journey. Okay. We went right into The Trooper. Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> yep, from Separate Ways to The Trooper. Woo, then, MTV, uh, yes. Barracuda. Oh, um, wow. Because Janine sure. is a, uh, uh, we all are, but Janine's a big heart fan, and she Everyone just does a on. great job with Anne. Proud um, pleaser everywhere. Yeah, Tom Sawyer. Uh, Whoa. Live and, live and Let Die. Oh, shit. The original version, not the- <laughs> I was going to say, which the, one? You're not doing Guns N' yeah, Roses, I Not know. Guns N' Roses oh. version. Original... <laughs> Listen to her. Oh, God, no. Please, <laughs> blasphemy. <laughs> totally. <laughs> so, caught up, so caught up in you. Uh, 38 special, yeah. Yeah, blue collar man. Whoa. Wheel in the sky. Damn. Here's a blast from the past. Space oddity. No. Oh, I love it. Our Uh. bass player hates that song. He curses (laughs) us every time. He's like, oh, that fucking song. (laughs) You love or hate Bowie. That's it. It it comes across so well. it's it's not that he hates the song. He hates the fact that the the bass line is so random. He's such a perfectionist that if he can't get the bass line what? down perfect, he hates it. And and he can't. And I keep saying to him, just play anything. It doesn't matter because no one's gonna know. Right. Just have fun with it. And, yeah. and he just can't. It's get a past space it. oddity, man. Come That's on. That's right. Just yeah. space out. Uh, so so then we go to Crazy Train. He's not hitting the weed. Huh? He's not the guy over there in the corner no, with the bong no, and all no, that. No. Okay. Maybe he needs to. For that song, I think maybe he needs to. Um, Salisbury Hill. Oh, jeez. little Keep froggy uh, Genesis there. Yeah, uh, Peter Gabriel. Yeah, yeah. So it's uh, a proggy jam. Proggy Genesis. Yes. Keep on loving you for all the, all the, uh, the ladies in the audience. Then we go to Tempest Fugit. You know that song, Tempest Fugit? Tempest Fugit. Who's that? Yes. Uh, yes. The yes. Later yes. With um, Trevor Trevor Horn. Yeah, sure. And uh, mm. then we go to Free Will. Oh, I think I know it. Yes. And Tempest Free Will. Dun, 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 After that. Dun, yeah. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah. Free Will. We moved Free Will to the second set, but that's I digress. And and then uh, come sail away. She's got to sing that part of Free Will. So you're hitting yeah. those notes, huh? We tell us. Uh, yeah, I think huh? I can. I think She's I do like, already. Yeah, yeah. She does it. She does it. <laughs> Go ahead, Matt. Give it. Give it to us. We each of us. Yeah. Wait. Give us your Getty. <laughs> no, give it. Woo yeah. Woo yeah. <laughs> it's Wassell. <laughs> And we've discovered Janine and I have come up with our own Getty diction, which is you put a wood. You have to do, that. yeah, sometimes you do need to do that, right? Each of us. What's So, so, um, to, to say that we're a little diverse is uh, just a little an understatement. Yeah. yeah. Challenging our material that these well, that, that my guys pull off. A, brilliantly that's really. great they just, they just do so amazingly well, we, we owe a lot to matt and and his um 
his arranging uh, expertise and his uh, his his him and and VJ in their their technical ex expertise with uh, electronica and uh, being able to uh, recreate sounds through um, keyboards and um, MIDI and, comp and the yeah. computers and I mean they are all dialed in we, we carry in all kinds of stuff people are looking at us when we come into to a gig and we bring in our shit the guys are the the, the the, the people in the club are looking at us like, what the fuck are you doing? You know, how why, why how long is it taking you to set up? So you're not just going into the front of house. You're, you're bringing everything in and you're setting it up yeah. and you're going to town. Huh? Yeah, we're a little, little PA system. We're, it's, it's kind of comical. Uh, you know, this is really funny. We had Matt Grow in here last week. Matt Grow from uh, New World Men. And he's telling us all about their big multimedia show and all their equipment and all their stuff. They know 40 Rush songs, all this other shit. You're 10 songs behind them. And I'm hearing the same thing. I'm hearing you've got massive production. I mean, I, Chats, I'm just as impressed as I was with Matt. Jeez, your, your band is the real deal here. Well, we We're, don't we don't have you're not um, slouching around. This isn't just some freaking garage band no, basement band that, from North Jersey. That, to give them credit, though, the, you know the real tribute bands are you know our friends in Soul Federation and and Moon Pictures and bands like Wild. Why, why not? Really, they go they go full production in the sense that they uh you know they're they're doing a whole produce oh, SSF or concert tour. We're still you know just a good regional. Northeast band, and when we incorporate okay. Rush, we're really doing it for the musical and the sonic pleasure. We're all about the sound, so we don't we don't bring all the all, all the things that make us look like Rush and all the you know the, the graphics and cool things that these guys do. But um, yeah. we're very much yeah, into well, hey. we're, we're too, too much purists for that. <laughs> well, you know what, and that's and that that comes through. So we've played several of the clips on the show. We played uh, your big show out there on the golf course where you played. What was it, Shat? You played Tom Sawyer? Yeah, and then you had that other one where uh, you yeah, we, yeah. Living, we, in, we, living in Tom Sawyer. Living in Tom Sawyer. <laughs> and then we played the other one uh, from the big Rush camp. Uh, we played you, uh, the version of Tears that you guys played out there. Oh, really? oh yeah, yeah. I'm going to have to listen back. Right? Wow, that ripped our hearts out, blew us away, you know. Um, yeah. and she shows up. You guys already know. So did you know Xanadu by the time she showed up? I mean, it sounds like it, oh, right? Because, no. No. well, no, because that's not twenty one twelve. That's uh, the next album, right? So, so how long did it take you to figure doing out something that with you? I was doing that with you really early on, right, right Matt? I think, but we were just fucking around with it for uh, for decades. Just fucking around. I yeah, thought yeah. I thought I was I thought that was kind of in the earliest days, no? No, no, we were, like I shot to say, we would jam. I think it's pretty much every Rush song was fair game in our private space. I mean, we would do excerpts, but it wasn't really till later um, with Second Contact, with um, with the synthesizer technology and the Taurus pedals and all the things we could do with MIDI controllers now that allowed us to really get into the more heavily produced Rush. So, and those Xanadu was a late arrival in terms of public presentation, for sure. That was, you know, last 15 years. Who was that? Um, uh, um... Juan's uh, ex-girlfriend, she challenged us. Are we doing names? Name? We're not doing names. No, oh, not doing names? he's not oh. dropping names. He's like, no. Wait, you give us a lot of credit. How many people do you think listen to this thing? We have some Rush fans though, in our circle, we'll say, who definitely always you know pushed us to, to, to dig a little deeper with certain songs. I, I like okay. when we ripped out um, 
Uh, it's about probably about six years ago. We ripped out "Between the Wheels," um, which is one of my favorite Rush songs. So. Ah, and, uh, yeah. that was challenging because it's it's a very keyboard-heavy song, and our our bandmate DJ uh, took the lead guitar part on that, the, the, and that was just a really fantastic addition. Uh, I delegated me, I relegated me to keyboards, but I I kind of you know pick up a lot of the keyboard slack where needed. But I, I like when we do songs like that because those are. Those are challenging from a production point of view. Those are not just plug into your amp and play kind of songs. You really have to have some some programming chops that is, you know, synthesizer programming chops to make those sounds authentic. Because if you've ever heard a cover band try and do a song like that, it can be kind of really um, very weak unless the sounds are authentic. And this is where Getty Lee kind of leaves everyone in the dust when he got into a synthesizer period. You know, um, even now I'm like Power Windows. If you really don't know how to program synthesizers, and, and I'm talking a wide variety, a wide palette of sounds. You really can't play that music, you know. You just can't do no. it. No, you know, and we've talked about this, right? So there are a few uh, uh, artists from the era who really took and made the synthesizer an instrument and not a gimmick. And certainly Getty was one. Uh, you know, uh, the guys in uh, Genesis, obviously, yeah. uh, really right? Right, so well, early, but but even in the '80s, when it you know, there was it was a gimmick, everybody was using it. They were still, if you go back and listen to those records, they're timeless. They're not stuck in the '80s, right? Now, some of the Rush records are kind of stuck in the '90s with their uh, very high-end keyboards, but <laughs> like that trifecta, you know, permanent waves, uh, you know, moving pictures, signals, and you know, even even power windows, right? So yeah, like and it went when it started getting heavier. Uh, but their use of the, the the synthesizer was just as an instrument, like not as a gimmick. It's the best way I can describe it. It just it holds yeah, up. It's even more than that, though, Chaz. It's it's you know it's like Getty Lee being such a phenomenal bass player. You know, obviously he was the kind of cover bass player magazine type level of player. And right. Nick, but but no one really talks about his keyboard programming and writing. It's actually mm. really quite brilliant. The, the the keyboard programming it's not very generic. Even though you, you could you know I could tell you the synth and the period but his it's quite clear that if you know anything about synthesizers that he was digging deep and spending tens maybe hundreds of hours really exploring the, the whole keyboard sonic palette to make it work within the rush idiom so um i i think getting these keyboard sounds are amazing and actually to this day i struggle sometimes to get some of them because they're really subtle and they're really lush um yeah i, I think things like the camera eye like every i think every note oh every yeah it's just brilliant it's so well done the random sample holds um certain things he does with the classic synthesizers are brilliant and, and it, it also not only that it just works so well with the sound of their trio it's just perfect for my ear you know sure well like you said i mean we were listening to a song the other day that i have listened to how many you know thousands of times uh 2112 we put it on and right at the very beginning i don't know what it was but with the headphones on there i heard a different level of oscillation and i heard a pulsing that i had not heard before and it was right there at the beginning of the song and i was like holy shit, that was new and how many years later right so that's the other thing too it's like you know as technology comes along they remaster things they put you know new mixes out things like that you start to hear even more right and really appreciate it so you've given me an idea for another show though like you know because I'm not such a big keyboard fan, but I would think a digression or maybe a little diversion into the different keyboard sounds of the eras of Rush. I think so. Very I, I interesting think show. It would be yeah. it actually for for those who are like technically inclined, who like the the nuts and bolts of music. There's a lot to mine there. Uh, because yeah. getting, it, it through you know starting with Frail to Kings and on, the, the, each year and each generation of synthesizers, he has his own mastery of the new technologies and yeah. the way into Russia's music. 
is, is it's just fascinating. And actually, it's the kind of thing you could get a keyboard expert in to talk about because I think Geddy Lee is kind of like a, a showcase musician for all the latest keyboard work for each each year, each pair of years. And that's it. It's on the list. It's going on the list. We got one more show to do at least, Shats. One more show. One. <laughs> okay, we have to. You mean you mean I have to do one more show with you? Oh, oh I'm God. sorry. One more on top of the 150 <laughs> more we have to go. Yes. Oh boy. Right. So one of the questions that was asked, they were doing a question and answer thing last night um, from the audience. And one of the questions was um, not about his bass playing, but but about his keyboard playing and what were his musical influences on the keyboard. And he credits um, uh, Keith Emerson, with, uh, Emerson with a lot of his, yeah, his early foray into uh, keyboards and keyboard sounds. And then of course, Rick Wakeman as well. Okay. Um, and, uh, and who was the guy from uh, Genesis there? Uh, what's his name? Uh, Banks? Tony Banks. Tony, Tony Banks. Banks. Yeah, he no, didn't no, mention Tony Banks. There. More yeah. competition, huh? Maybe at a certain point he was competition. <laughs> Maybe so. But no, yeah. Getty is very humble. And, I, and I'm sure that he enlisted a lot of his um, friends and musician uh, producer people and, and keyboard experts to help him uh, delve into the, uh, the, the learning of, of all of that. Uh, he, didn't, he didn't specifically say that, but I, I would say he probably doesn't take credit for uh, figuring all of that stuff out on his own. All right, so what was your key takeaway from last night there? If I had to debrief you on my effing life, my effing book show here, Shats, what was the key takeaway? Um, Getty it's is... great to be Getty fucking Lee. Yeah, <laughs> he, he's just a humble guy from humble beginnings that just hit it right. Um, and, and with the right group of guys... With his best in buddies. In fact, there was, there was yeah. a story... In 1969, he was kicked out of the band. It was him and, <laughs> and Rutsey and and um, Lurkst and and John Rutsey of all people kicked him out of the band. Well, there was some other guy apparently floating around by the name of Lindy Young on the keyboards in 1969. This was a revelation that I saw today on Lindy Rush. Young RushIsABand.com, our go-to news source for all things Rush. But yes, uh, Rush consisted in 1969, yet unsigned lineup, Alex Lifeson, keyboardist Lindy Young, drummer John Rutzi, and me, Getty Lee, until I was dumped. Yes. <laughs> so you heard the story from the man himself. I heard the story from the man, and it was his future um, brother-in-law, his what? wife Nancy's brother, who they weren't married at the time, but it was his future brother-in-law that had to break the news to him that, yeah, you, Wait, you know, he's known his wife that long? Yeah, I yeah. didn't realize that either. Oh, my God. So now God. We'll, we'll, we'll get into a quick... Um, a uh, separate story about the picture, the cover picture. That was a picture that Nancy took, and, and when they were dating for three weeks, and he's 17 at this uh, in this. Oh, picture. oh shit! We were right, and it's and it's been sitting it's been sitting in his house ever since. Um, oh gosh! And and it has such deep meaning for him when they asked him what picture do you want? Because okay, 
He could have picked better pictures, newer <laughs> pictures. Come on, wait a minute. This is Rush. This is Getty Lee. They don't always pick the best pictures, and they never really have. Come on, let's be honest. No. So, so that's the picture he picked. This was a, a shot that, that his wife Nancy took. That's wonderful. Uh, after they had been dating for. It's actually years. a great picture. I mean, just the look in his face, right? You can just see yeah. he's like, "Oh, I love. Look at her. I'm looking right at her through that camera, <laughs> right?" Yeah, and they married in 1976, and they've no been uh, together ever since. Yeah. Wow, I had no friggin' idea he knew his wife that long. God, it was great. It was great. Um, and Paul Rudd was phenomenal. Um, <laughs> Paul he was Rudd, perfect guy. He was scared shitless. He came out. He's adorable. Oh, man, yeah. he loves Rudd. He was scared. Right. That's what I'm saying. He's such a geek. And, and, and there's that classic skit with him and Jason Segel. Jason I mean, Segel, absolutely. Yeah. Yes. Right? Yes. Oh my he, he came out and said, "Look, I, you know, I've never done this before. This is I'm out <laughs> of my element here, but I'm going to do the best I can." Oh man. And he did a great job. That's great. So I understand Getty, as he goes around the country, will have a different interviewer in every city. And so I'm kind of like, who's he going to have here in Denver? Is it going to be the guys from uh, South Park? Uh, could very well be. Uh, it could very could well be. be. They're both right here. And you'll go have mm -hmm. dinner at Casa Bonita, do all the other stuff that you do when you're in Colorado at Mile High, when you like to smoke big fat airplane joints. Yeah. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> Well, Chaz, you really have to try to get out there and, and see that show. I got to see what I can do. Great. Yeah. Got to get my press pass. Got to get my press pass there, Shets. And so, then come so and see the, us. Oh, you know it. And then you God, come out and see us. Yeah. That's it. Well, you guys are playing December 9th. Yeah, Solar Federation is December 2nd. Oh, that's right. Yes. Are they playing at Ben Harrisburg, you said? Yeah, they're playing at the. Uh, um, yeah, yeah. Uh, what is it? It's not the Cheswick Theater. It's um. um no. Ken. Ken. Uh, it's, it, it, it's a. Oh, it's um, uh, art, science, and arts. Uh, something. I can't think of it, but it's in Harrisburg, right? Some right academy. Hershey Park. Everybody's gonna hear when we cut to the. We're gonna cut to the uh, scratch list at the end of the show. Everybody. All right. Yeah, yeah. We'll Ken. we'll play it later. We'll play it. later. Don't you worry about that. We got you covered. So, Shats, at this point, are we talking more about the band, or are we going to maybe, I don't know, get into a little chain lightning or something? You got more you want to cover? What do you want to do here? When do, you, when, do you, show. when do you spin the wheel? Did you do that? No. We well, didn't do it yet. Talking. No. <laughs> yeah, and, you know, we get a little wordy around here. Does that happen yeah. at the end? When does that, when, when, when is the big yeah. We are almost there. I think we're almost uh, there. Are, are we at Chain Lightning there. now? Are we at Chain Lightning? I think, I think we can break into Chain Lightning, yeah. All right. So, Chain Lightning, first of all, thank you both. You've been great with the stories of Second Contact and getting to know Shats here. And I'm going to tell you what, right now, not only did we come up with a, uh, a special, probably multi-part episode on the keyboard sounds of uh, Rush through the eras, but uh, Matt, Janine, yeah. you're gonna have to come back. It's gonna have to be a regular thing. You're gonna have to be out here. I just, I can't handle this guy by myself. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and this time maybe the three of us can congregate. Absolutely. Yeah, That's maybe we'll great. have the maybe we'll have the rest of the guys here too. We'll have the that whole band here. That would be wonderful. Maybe even a live performance, a special live performance. Uh, uh, that would be a ah. wonderful thing too. Oh, in the studio. We're there, in the baby. studio. 
All Second right, contact hey, in the studio. With who likes that in Denver? Shots. I got a sister in Denver. Do it. Come on out. Oh, you got to let me know when you're here. Got to let me know when you're here. You got to come up to Fort Collins. Absolutely. So what we're going to do is we're going to play our game now. Chats, I got to I gotta take the reins back a little bit just to play some Go chain lightning. I've got some questions it, here chats. for the group. All right. So we're going to ask four questions real quick. We're going to try and get through them as the song is running. Uh, so your first answer is your best answer, and that's the only answer we're going to accept. And we're going to go real fast. So uh, we will. Uh, I'll throw this out here real quick. Uh, if you could take a road trip in the Red Barchetta with any member of Rush, who would it be and where would you go? Janine, you're first. Oh, boy. I think, uh, well, if I could, I'd go with Neil. Oh, okay. And I'd probably come to Denver and see you. Hey! <laughs> All right! Yeah. Coming to Denver with the professor, and he's, he, oh man, I love some of his stories from Roadshow about being in Denver, so we'd have fun. Oh, You'd yeah. have fun. If, oh, that would and be And you great. know you'll get there fast, because he <laughs> liked to drive fast. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so Matt, top that. I guess I got to go with Getty. I, I, actually, I, I would like to hang out with Neil, but he seemed very taciturn and, and reticent, and you know, maybe not. Maybe we want to chat so much, but Getty seems like, you know, an affable, conversational guy. Uh, so I'm going with Getty, and we're taking a road trip along the St. Lawrence River. I, I want him to show me the Saguenay River Gorge, that whole area, a little, little nature, Canada nature, with Getty Lee in conversation. Wind wow. Wow, so he, you're going to be the next guy on the show, uh, you know, our uh, guitarists people too with Alex Lifeson and have uh, Al and Getty take you out. That sounds like you've got it all set up already. That's wonderful. <laughs> well, that's going to lead all to right. this next weird question. All right. So you've got a chance to live out any Rush song as a real life adventure. <laughs> Which song do you choose and why? I want the motivations for it. So, Shats, if you're sitting there eating honeydew on your throne, I know what you're choosing. <laughs> so you're not out. You're not included. So we'll go to Matt first this time. Well, this is a tough one. I got to live out the Rush song. You got to live it out. That's interesting. You know, I I'm going to go. I'm going to get a little weird and a little literary. I'm going to get a little grandiose. But I want to be that young man um, in the valley. Um, at the beginning of the Fountain of Lemneth, you know, I am young, I am born. <laughs> I want that beautiful vista, whatever that kind of almost mythological vista is, and that kind of youthful enthusiasm. I want to be that person with that with, with the sun you know, in the valley. I That's love it. I love that right. scene. Good one. I love the fact that we actually dared to cover it. That was amazing. Giselle! Yes. That was a beautiful moment. You know I'm, what? I want to say, I've heard the songs in your set list. If you've got 30 songs and they're as weird as some of the ones I heard you throwing out there, Shats, you guys are going deeper than those those our friends up in Canada and a couple of the other bands I've heard. I so think we deeper. do go deeper than those. Yes. I, I would agree. Yeah, yeah. yeah. would be so cool to agree. That's um, awesome. So, Jeannie, what do you got? Because, because um, Matt gave me the moniker of an owl, I would absolutely fly by night away from here. And I think, I don't think um, the only person who feels that way often is like, you just want to kind of get away from your life a little bit and, you know, traverse the universe and see what it's like flying at night in the beautiful sky. Right. Like an um, owl. Absolutely. Stealthily flying away into the <laughs> night. I love Perfect. that. 
Uh, yeah, it's funny. Now, now, now that you bring up this kind of question, I, I, I'm, I'm going through my mind other songs that, that you know I could see that that really spoke to me that I could envision myself like like the Analog Kid, for example. You know, that mm -hmm. things like that. Yeah. Those are songs that really do resonate and make you want to. You, you kind of embody those songs. Um, yeah. Analog Kid, uh, Middletown Dreams, things like that. Those songs mm -hmm. are so um, they resonate. They're not just like like some sort of object you're studying or, or perceiving from a, from a distance. You're actually kind of feeling those songs in your guts. Mm -hmm. yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you what, this will kind of pull one back for you right along those lines, Matt. So I want to take both of you back now to high schools, right? Let's get back into some uh, everybody growing up with our subdivisions oh, mindset boy. in New Jersey, right? So oh, we're going to yeah. go back to high school. Okay, so with Rush, you have to pick a song. It's going to be your theme song. So what's going to be your uh, growing up in the New Jersey subdivisions Rush theme song? And it can't be subdivisions. Oh, that's a shame. Because <laughs> <laughs> that's mine. <laughs> it's kind of perfect <laughs> in my experience. We all embody that to, a, to a, one degree or another. Be cool to be cast out, baby. Yeah. So which one you got? Uh, Janine, um, you're first. Oh boy, Matt, can Matt go first? I gotta think. All right, we will defer. Matt, over to you. Oh, hot oh, seat. So, so, the high school anthem you're saying? Yeah. So, what would be your rush high school anthem? You know, what was um, it? I, I since we're dropping a lot of names, we have a, we have a mutual friend, Shats and I, Joel, who um, was the one who turned me on to um, to Xanadu, and to listen to Xanadu with Joel was to listen to it like over 100 dB in a black lit room with black light posters and, <laughs> and have your hair blown back, you know, like like that, um, <laughs> that image of like the wind. And so oh, yeah, me, like the old the, the, oh, that, the commercial with the guy. The, the Maxell commercial. Maxell, yeah, yeah Max sitting in the yeah. chair. Yeah. With that was kind of literal yeah, with Joel. Yeah. So, so when I was a twerp, um, Xanadu was just anthemic to me, and, and hearing that opening when it finally kicked in after that very Mysterioso kind of Arcadia opening, yes. when yes, the yes. theme came in, that moment just was, I, I don't know, the, the grandeur of that, and, and to this day it still hits me. So, you know, if I could, if I were cranking my stereo in the high school parking lot, give it, sending my rush, you know, vibe out there, it'd have to be the opening of Xanadu when it kicks in. So Xanadu is definitely an anthem for me, and, and it kind of remains one, actually. I think maybe all Rush fans feel that. Hell yes. Hell yes. That was so, actually when I first, when I heard the news that Neil died, I picked up my guitar, sat down, I shed a little tear, and I started playing the beginning of Xanadu because I didn't know what else to do. It was just like, couldn't process it. It was crazy. And I hadn't played that song in so many years because I had gone off on the metal tangent that I was like, oh, my gosh, and now he's gone. Oh, I was profoundly devastated. But anyway, I digress. To hear that song, hear that song as a young person, you know, it, you know, in, yes. in middle school, high school, it, it's to really that is a revelation. It, that was like a, a game changer for what rock music was. I mean, I know there was other progressive rock and other bands, Genesis and Yes and so forth. But there was something about Xanadu, which just nothing was near what that song was, what it did, how it did it, the impact. I think everyone, um, yeah, to this day, still looks at that song in awe, and I, I felt that in my bones as a young, you know, as a high school, middle school person. Well, I, you know what? I think we're going to have to have you back um, for our special Xanadu episode. Yes. Um, to to talk about what I, it means I would to happy it. to pose as the scholar of Xanadu because I, I study that song. I love it. Love every note That's of it. That brilliant. Well, it's one of the songs we pulled off the wheel because we felt it needed yes. uh, something that would be a little more than what we'll do this evening. Yeah. Yeah. So, Jimmy, yeah, 
You can't just randomly fall onto Xanadu. It's no. got to be its own. It's its own show. Its own universe. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, no, we so did just fall on Twenty One Twelve. I will I say we did. Because, I, I guess because Twenty One Twelve was my first introduction, and it was so impactful to me. I could probably pick almost anything off of it. Um, oops, getting a text from VJ, one of our bandmates. Um, so maybe Tears. Ooh. Oh. Because it's so powerful and so emotional wow. and so deep. Um, oh, I see him playing it. Yes. And yeah, I was. We such can't a little, hear it. Though. I was such a little twerp, and I, I, I think we were pulling off some really sophisticated stuff when we were really young. Oh, and that's such a beautiful song. And I know we talked about the impact of that song. And, you know, like a song like 2112, a song like Tears, a song like Xanadu. When I heard those when I was younger, I didn't realize at the time how impressionable I was. But uh, how many elements of all three of those songs I stole over the years to make songs of my own. Uh, so, like, yeah, you go, like, uh, it, well, thanks to this show, in part, we're hearing stuff that I haven't heard in a while. And I go, oh, shit, that's, oh, my gosh, I stole that. Oh, no, I stole that one, too. Hey, so. Here's the show. We'll, we'll, be, we'll be actually, gonna, we'll be at a live gig, and Matt will all of a sudden just start to play that. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah. Kind of randomly, it'll give everyone a little tease. Dude, yeah. certainly at rehearsals, you know. What were you Brings saying, Matt? memories. I would say if you're looking for episode concepts, uh, like a deep dive into the mellow songs of Rush, Madrigal, Tears, um, uh, different strings, you could do an episode just on those really kind of strange aberrations, these little byways that Rush pursued in this kind of mellowness, beautiful songs that were really quite eccentric when you think about how heavy everything that surrounds them um, is. So uh, that, that's, a, that's, a, that's an episode there, like the mellow songs of Rush, you know? Yeah. Yeah, well, I'll the, tell you the what. The soft I'm... white underbelly of Rush. The soft white underbelly that leads right into, I'm going to bring it down with the head. I'm not going to bring it down. I'm going to bring it down, wrap it up with a heavy question. So inspired by the idea of being able to make a global change, like on the scale of closer to the heart, the lyrics to closer to the heart, what would your global change be inspired by the words of that song? Either one first. And chats, you could chime in as well. Since you guys I have to are, go yeah, through the words. <laughs> well, you know, closer to the heart, you know, men who hold high places, you know, must be the ones who start, you know, to mold a new reality closer to the heart, right? Mm. These big grand social ideas that they had. What would be the one big change you'd make in this crazy, freaked up world we can live in today? Well, thank oh. you. I mean, oh. Wow, this was woo! Wow, clearly, the cloud fell clearly, over. Clearly, clearly, a, a world of peace for everyone. Yeah. Right, where people learn how to talk to each other. Right. And then you know, respect each other's humanity. We could all use a little so, dose of that today. Yeah, huh? what we have going on right now is pretty insane, and. Yeah. Well, I'm not kidding. I think the opening line itself kind of it it it, it, it really says says it almost all to start with, which is that the idea that people in authority will be thoughtful and, you know, won't use authority and, and positions of power, you know, for self-aggrandizement or for whatever that, you know, some nefarious reasons, but that they must be the ones who start it. And that is idealism when you're given the privilege of power to use it thoughtfully and to use it in a way that changes the world is, uh, 
they, they must be the ones who start. And I guess it's kind of like a John Lennon-esque, um, you know, Imagine type of vision yes. that Neil was putting forth there. So uh, I, I think the, the first line is incredibly poignant. Uh, it's actually, when you think about rock music, you know, when you think about all the baby, baby on the highway type lyrics, and then you, you, you hear a line like that to start a song. Like, like who are these guys from? Right. Um, and how about they? the lyrics? How about the lyrics in Entree New? They're mm. just heartbreakingly beautiful. Right. Yeah. yeah. You know, um, the spaces in between leave room for you and I um, to grow. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. What, Profound. We are islands to each other. Yes, so much truth in that song, especially as you, you so get much. older and you grow in a relationship, right? Holy shit. Yeah. Woo! I mean, this is what I think draws as many of us to Russia. And actually, you know, here we have... So many. When you look at all the middle-aged people that we are and all of our friends and tribute bands who are so passionate about Rush, I think a lot of us, it, it's the music, it's the writing, but it's often, it's the lyrical content. It's just yeah. kind of like literary, philosophical um, music that... You know, as much as I, I, we adore Van Halen and so forth, that music has a kind of youthful party feel that we all enjoy the exuberance of it. But it rush you go to because it's thoughtful. It, it, it's the music of thoughtful people, and uh, and it, it ages well, and we age well with it. So it's interesting that those of us who want to embrace our rock youth, you still find something satisfying in Rush because of the lyrical content. It's always something you know to to find something new in the lyrics. Absolutely. And I think I think that's what draws in so many other people, not just musicians. I mean, this is a musician's band and, and as musicians, we we appreciate what they do, but but they go so much farther in in drawing in a, a larger group of people with the lyrics and the messaging. Um, and I think that's a testament to uh, to Neil. And and I don't I don't know that he set out specifically to do that. It just happened, and it was organic, uh, which is which is just a you know a, such a, a beautiful part of them. Yeah, it, it just, really is just the, organic. It's the residual downstream benefit of being you know somebody who's an optimistic realist who wants to spread some you know um you know content into the world that makes you think uh get you yeah. outside of yourself and you know and makes you go deeper and further into yourself than you've uh, ever been absolutely. before yeah. right and hopefully come out the other side a little more uh, knowledgeable in, in in the meantime so hey look that was great that was uh the first course in your treatment here on rush rash <laughs> was getting through chain lightning so you both did a very very good job with that i want to thank you very much even though we ended on a very serious note there so hey Hey, Chats, pull my finger. We got to lighten things up around here. All right. All right. So yeah, hey, it's getting a little too serious. It's getting a little too serious. And why are we here? Because we're here. That's right. So it's time to roll the bones. And when we do this, we finally get to the place where Janine's like, guys, she's like 15 minutes to the show. When are we spinning this wheel? Well, we're finally here now. An hour later, we're spinning the wheel. So, last time this happened, we ran so long, we spun the wheel. Guess what we got? We got 2112. So, we were here. <laughs> I heard. I was disappointed that that oh. was a power spin. Uh, I tell you what, we were that right. close to taking it I'll off the wheel. Be, only be good. Oh. Oh, so, hey. I was, I was so close to calling him and taking it, having him take that off the wheel because we were just <laughs> discussing <laughs> all the songs uh, that should come off the wheel right, to do we, special episodes. We already and, took and a I mulligan said, no, though. We already took a mulligan. We have we can't we do have. this. We gotta we gotta be we gotta have integrity here, Shets. Come on. That's right. No, I hey look the wheel I is the wheel. That, 
that episode, uh, uh, second to only this episode, of course, that episode will go down as one of our best to date. Woo, that's until, right. Well, they, until this one airs. They just keep getting better, right? So it just keeps, just we keep, keep rolling better. along. So let me ask oh, you, Tara. You say that to all your guests. No, it's absolutely <laughs> true. And I'm going to put no. you on the spot right now, Janine. What are you itching to hear? If you could hear one Rush song tonight that we still have on our wheel, we have 150. So we'll let you know if you guess one that's not there. But you can guess anyone, and I'm saying, you know, 2112 ain't there, but what do you want to hear? If you could hear anything from the Rush Gallery. Uh, let's see. How about Between the Wheels? Oh, that one is getting manifested quite a bit around here. People like that song. Wow. All right. That's fair enough. Sure. What is it about it? Why do you want to hear it? Other than what you said before, or is it all mm -hmm. because of what you said before? Well, it kind of sounds like someone's getting stabbed at the beginning. So. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So you're into it for the uh, oral delight here tonight. Wow. Okay. We, so she must have had a rough day. Must have a rough day. That's, that's, you know, there's something very effective, though, about what that song is saying. Sure, sure. And uh, it just, it speaks to me. It's just, I just love it. So Excellent. All right. Yeah. All right. Fair enough. Matt, what do you got? What are you itching to hear? Uh, you know, if you guys spin that wheel and you hit Jacob's ladder, I'd be a pretty happy puppy. I'd love to talk about Jacob's ladder. <laughs> wow. Okay. Jacob's ladder. Uh, that, Did not that expect would be that. One. That would be an epic one to land on. It would be. It would be. Well, okay. You have something equally as epic, or are you jumping on any, on somebody's bandwagon here, Shats? What are you doing? Uh, well, where's your epic? Where's your itch? I, oh, he gets get to itch. A, I get to choose. I got my itch. Nice. I would say um, equally as uh, as epic uh, would be. Um, uh, uh, what am I thinking of? He always does this. He's never it's, ready for this question. It's it's the. Oh, cool. yeah, yeah. oh you're messing up your hair. Look out! Give him a minute. Oh, yeah. Give him a minute. <laughs> <laughs> leave, leave the best. Uh, oh. <laughs> I can't think of it. I'm, a, I'm, I'm. What album shots? Give me a clue. I'm brain dead. I'm, I'm having a brain fart. Wow, it's he's having moving brain pictures. Fart. Moving and, uh, pictures. Vital uh, signs. The, no, the, the long epic one about uh, the witch hunt. You want to hear witch hunt? Camera, camera eye. Okay. Yeah. The ten minute song. You want to hear the ten minute song tonight? I do. Oh, yes. that's a long one. Yes, it is epic. Chef, I'd like you to share that that video from one of our Rush tributes. We have that on uh, that post, and you should share that with Chaz one of these days um, of us playing the camera. Okay. On. Was that it? That was in Pennsylvania, right? That was a, no, a debonair. There's a really good video of that post that I have there. Okay. Excellent. Oh, okay, I'll have to find that. Is that on YouTube? Um, it's on Facebook. Okay. All right, oh, I'll find that. Find, how do you find something on Facebook? Oh, oh man. Contact videos. I'm saying if you go to our catalog, if you go to our. Oh, our okay. And over our page, and then you'll see there's a, there is a from um, one of our tribute notes. We will do that. We absolutely do that. All right. So if I'm sitting here thinking, what's my itch tonight? You guys throwing out all these big songs. I'm thinking natural science. That's going to be my ten minutes. Oh, yeah. That's let's okay. go natural science. Crazy album. I mean, the appropriate way is what a nutty album to have. Oh, right. Have Jacob's Ladder and Natural Science on the same album. You could just call it a career right there. Done. Yeah. Right. But then they've got the spirit of radio and free will. I mean, God. 
and, well, right. Now. And then we, we mentioned Entre New before. And, you know, oh. I mean, come on, right? And I, yeah. Different yeah. Strings was the other one that wraps that one up. And that was a different kind of song. So that's probably the only oddball one for me on that record. But... Yeah, oh, if, if I heard some chords. I did. Oh, you, you have to, you have to he be was able to it. turn off that uh, that uh, suppressor or whatever it is. Yeah, I, I, I shut it off over here, but that's something I think at your end. That's at this point. We did hear a little bit, though. We did. That was bit. very nice. Very nice yeah. indeed. All right. Well, you know what? Since we have all done this here, done what we need to do, shats, we uh, gotta we gotta hoist some uh, some McAllen. So what are we doing tonight? Yeah. So twelve, eighteen, or twenty-five? Oh. What do you got? I'm not buying. Well, in, <laughs> in <laughs> honor of uh, of Getty's F in life, we'll do uh, we'll do a few shots at twenty-five. Woo! And because it's twenty seven hundred dollars a bottle right now, I guess we'll only do one <laughs> shot each. So, All so right, four shots of uh, of McAllen twenty five. Four shots. All right. Well, Janine, you can have my second. I don't drink. So here we go. One, uh, good two, you, three, four, and we're gonna spin. Round and round it goes. What? Oh my goodness! Oh, counterparts. Oh, really? Yeah. Counterparts. I don't oh. know if that's a. Uh, I don't know if that's an album that we've hit on yet. Double Agent. Uh, have we played anything off of Counterparts yet? That's a good question. Let's see. Let's go to have. the tape. So, Shats, just the facts. Shats is what we need. So, Double Agent. Off Double of counterparts. Agent. Wow, this is their fifteenth studio album. You'd think they got it right by now. Fifteen <laughs> albums later, October of '93, this was released. Still so uh, long ago. Jeez. Yeah. Right. Yeah. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. This is the eighth track on that album, and is four minutes and fifty-one seconds long. Uh, this was produced okay. by Peter Collins. And uh, and so was. what we understand about it is this song is the workings of our subconscious described in this whimsical take. This is uh, Double Agent. This is the theme of the song. What else you got? Where was it recorded? Well, let's see. I'm looking up that right now. Uh, it was recorded at studio the very oh. famous and beautiful the studio in Morin heights quebec between april and june of 1993 yeah we have uh, gotten so we got alien shore right the uh, the inclusion song we got off of this one so yeah i love this record 1993 yeah. all right anybody uh know anything else about this or should we just dive right in hit it what can i tell you the album hit number two on the billboard 200 how about that Counterparts, 93. Um, it had a harder edge. Animate. That's how it starts. Animate and stick it out. Yeah. I was very happy with this record when it came out. No shit. I was like, oh, Rush is back. So I was very happy by that point. Right? What? Can you read the rest of the song? Well, you got stick Animate, it Stick It Out, Cut to the Chase, 
Nobody's Hero, Between Sun and Moon, Alien Shore, Speed of Light, Double Agent, Leave That Thing Alone. I fucking love that song. Cold Fire, another great song. Everyday Glory. I mean, that one, talk about loaded with hits. Cold Fire, I think, was kind of a bit of a standout. Yeah, Cold Fire, definitely. Yep. Yeah, our uh, our new one of our new favorite uh, artists, uh, Leone Jane Kennedy, does a, a wonderful version of uh, Cold Fire on her oh, record, okay. New Age Woman. Yes, very cool. But yeah, this record for me was really Rush coming back with some teeth. I mean, animate, stick it out, cut to the chase. These were tough songs, but then then they threw Nobody's Hero at us, and that got a lot of attention when it came out because of the controversial nature of it. But we won't go there because we're not here to talk about that. We're here to talk about this double agent. up and wound up so tight yes oh man i love this song yeah wow so yeah initial impressions that reminds me of getty lee reading a chapter from his book last night yeah oh yeah right absolutely you know i just love this because this was like in amongst all this metal by this point right because to me like again now the idea that rush was metal was very real and by this point, eighth song into the record, Prague is coming back. I mean, here I'm hearing like weird early like Genesis kind of overtones to this. I don't know, Matt. Maybe yeah. maybe you, you hear something heavy. different. Yeah, heavy, it, it, but I, yet little weird, little out of left field. Yeah, and you can hear some of the time signatures: the one and two and three and one and two. And yeah, three. yeah. It's got that slow three coming in, and it's uh, so the ticket it I think even and, and any Rush song always has some prog element. They they just can't help themselves, even when they write. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> there's yeah. no doubt. There's no doubt. Some time signature is going to change. Something's going to break out of the four. Um, I mean, I mean, the fact that he's doing this kind of this recitation, this dreamy yeah. recitation, you know, so many decisions that are on the edge of sleep. It's it's a weird <laughs> song for sure. Yeah, 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 yeah. All right, we're gonna dive back in. <laughs> oh yeah Yeah. 
Oh man, did you, I love that little keyboard part. Did you hear that off to the right? You know, the, the circus, right? So yeah, this, to me, this how, is like. How well do you guys remember? That? I mean, Chaz, obviously you do. You 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 were really into this when it came out. Shats and and Matt, how well do you remember this particular song? I don't I don't know this song very well at all. Yeah, I, 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 I vaguely remember it. It's kind of refreshing, though, to get to kind of, yes. you know, learn learn of it again. I like all oh. the different sections. I think it's kind of cool. I think it kind of all works together in a strange way. <laughs> yeah, to and, me, and, this was like revisiting the Twilight Zone. This was like Twilight Zone Part 2 is the way it always and, struck me. And like so many other uh, Rush songs, there's there's so many different parts, like different yeah. songs coming together. Um it's 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 heavy and it's lyrical in different parts and then yeah, it gets and then it, and then it's rap yeah yeah exactly <laughs> well to me that's kind of like william burroughs or you know kind of like you know it, it, it's almost i, I don't want to say it's like slam you know what i mean it's not like lou reed slam poetry like what he hit us over the head with with uh lulu like with what we listened to on regarding lulu that crazy podcast but this is yeah to me like it was there was that character but this time like from the twilight zone it wasn't uh rod serling it was like more of a freaked out kind of character especially with the narrative so i just love it especially with the with the the weird time changing kind of going on in there with the whole da, 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 it like in the middle of the four four which you could feel all of a sudden he throws the shit around i'm like well i can't follow that but hey. <laughs> blows me away all right i digress or maybe which voice I ignore Wilderness of mirrors Streets of cold desire My precious sense of honor Just a shield of rusty wire I hold against the chaos And the cross of holy fire One, three One and two and three Yes this is for Okay, so what the yeah, hell wow. the time right in there? So what what does that look like, Shat? What happens when he does that shit? What that that roll? All oh, that the, weird uh, time changing he's doing there. Is he changing time at all? I mean, to me, three, two, long three, one and two and three and one and two and three and one. That's it. That's it. One and two and three. I lost count at some point. Yeah, me too. It's just a yeah, syncopation. The, the, the it drums goes from in the four three. four into uh, into six eight or three four. Ah, the oh, main, main theme is a eight or a straight four. Yeah, but, but masterful. That's what we were talking about on another show. It's just the idea that oh my god, what they do in that the space of four four that's not four four, <laughs> right? Yeah. They, nah, they, what do you guys, they, what do you guys they, make of this uh, of this recitation that narrative stuff? It's, it's it's a little out there. Oh, I love it. When I heard it years ago, I don't think I liked it. I think I like it more now. I think it kind of works in the song. Yes. Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. Like I said, this one to me was just total on the edge. Bite your nails. Something's going on with this guy. <laughs> he suggested had, something. He's weird. I thought Shatz's comment was pretty apt, actually, given the fact that he just heard Getty reading last night. So right. I, I think as a younger person, maybe hearing Getty's speaking voice reading in the middle of a song didn't speak to me as much. But it's interesting right. to hear him now just kind of hovering above this song, you know, yeah. speaking like these, these little dream sequences. Yeah, 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 it's weird. No, I like it. Yeah, I, like, I, always I like the timbre of his voice in it. It sounds really cool. Yeah, yeah, and it's uh, it's some some creepy lyrics too. Yes. Well, the guitar gets creepy here too. That's wild. Listen to that. And then this. That has a rap feel to it. Yeah. Been tried by the jury inside, the choice between darkness and light. Ah, what a lyric! The choice between darkness and light. The case yeah. had been tried yeah. by the jury inside. So, mm. just like just like the song we heard the other day, the theme, right? I the jury, I the jury. Uh -huh common theme right. in, in neil's writing right For sure. wow guys what a tune man i love this like rested and fearless cheered by your nearness i mean i just yeah, that's just such that so slick beautiful. right yeah. what a, what a line man you know you could be so hip and there's, a, and lot, there's yet, a lot there's a lot really captivating about that song there really is that that i did not really appreciate the the lyrical uh playfulness of those uh mm -hmm. those narrations i would ask getty lee last night at the uh at this uh, at the question and answer hey dude what was going on with the spoken word portions of double agent <laughs> 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 I mean, they must have had something going on. they were probably smoking a little dope and thinking of something conceptual something a little different you know <laughs> absolutely really yeah, yeah you think they were still smoking dope that late 93 oh hell oh, yeah, yeah. sure I think they're still smoking dope now. I now. think Al is smoking this morning. <laughs> Holy crap. If you watch the trailer park, boys. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, gosh. So, all right. Uh, you know what? We get through the songs here. And then as our next course of treatment, we ask, is this song thumbs up living in the limelight for you? Or is it thumbs down? We wish them well. It just ah, didn't do it for us, but we're doing the nice Canadian thing. We wish you well. We don't say it sucks or it stinks or it's any terrible thing because you never say that about any Rush song ever. No. But <laughs> is it living in the limelight or do we wish them well? Janine, you go first. What do we, what do we, which song? The one this we just song. listened to. Oh, okay. Is it? Does it uh, live yeah, in the I, limelight for you, or I, are you going to wish it It lives well? in the limelight for me, and surprise, surprisingly so. Yes. I don't really like a lot of the later stuff. Well, I mean, as much as you know, some of the 
music we spoke about earlier in the show. You know, and that's a good question. The stuff didn't, didn't really do it for me. Okay, but. so, well, we've got Rush in three different eras, right? So you got like the early, you know, Zeppelin, kind of Zeppelin Rush. Did we say Shats what? Really went up to like kind of uh, I think uh, through, through Caress of Steel was, oh. was the early. Those those wow. first three albums. You would cut it there. Um, okay. Yeah, hmm. that was that was early rush. Okay. And then Caressa Steel was was getting more into their um, you know, foray into uh longer uh operatic type uh things that, that in Caress of Steel didn't really work very well for them. Okay, so we had we had the first era. Then we had that middle era, which was 2112 up to what at this point then? Uh, I'm going to say. 2112, um, Farewell to Kings, and Hemispheres. So I just think those three. Okay. Right. And then you get um, into the the real um, uh, uh, marketable, uh, tight written songs. Uh, in The in trifecta. Permanent Waves, Moving Pictures, and Signals. Uh, more Moving pic Pictures and Signals uh, I think uh, Permanent Waves had some deeper ones like uh, uh, Natural Science, you know, longer, longer songs that weren't necessarily radio songs. But okay. I think those three uh, we could lump together. So then, then were we saying there's four eras now? Because then you got the yeah, 90s, which you didn't like. The way he's characterizing And then it. you had the aughts that would be different than the 90s and different than everything. You, but there's like five eras of Rush. Sure. I think yeah, Shaq's three, a five-semester course, yeah. <laughs> there you go. I think it's a five-semester course. So, Janine, that said, of the five semesters, where are you going to sit most of the time? Maybe what? in the third. Okay. Uh -huh. oh, okay. Yeah, so yeah one, one and three. Okay. All right. I'm with you at three, for sure. I think three, three, one, two, four, five is my order. But... Uh, yeah, now it's getting all complicated here. Okay, so Matt, we got to come back to the central question, our thesis here. Does this song live in the limelight, or are we wishing them well? Oh man, that's brutal. It's brutal. Ooh, um, yeah. <laughs> I, I, we want your honest opinion. I, I am such a profound, devoted Rush fan. I mean, I just, I, I would, you know, speak rhapsodically about them in any context. But this song, um for rush is for me just mediocre you know that is it's got a lot of the rush elements there it's got a lot of the rush things that the things i like about rush but i don't think it's 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 tightly wrought and i don't think it's as memorable on um, as some of you know the songs and i i would say in any era you know i would i would i could find songs that are more melodically uh, okay memorable so I'm, I'm gonna give it i'm gonna give it a uh you know the thumb to the side kind of thing well. I, they get thumbs up for the attempt I, lo I love the idea that they're trying to be experimental with the spoken word um but i don't see it, it's not a knockout and because it's it, it's it's not innovative and then since it's not innovative then is it a knockout is it is it really doing that Ooh. old thing well and it's not doing it. I don't think it's doing any of the older things extremely well. So I'm, I'm going to give them a sideways thumb, leaning slightly down. But I love them. And I apologize to my, my Wow. So you, yeah. So I'm hearing Are slightly you below 50. Are you so I'm hearing wish you well. That's yeah, what I'm hearing. Well, but, 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 you know, I Okay, that's fair enough, though. It's fair enough, right? You know, some people. Oh, you think I so? I remember huh? I had a friend who said he thought it sounded gimmicky. 
from what I remember. He was like, that's not Rush, right? And, but that was right after, I think this came out after Roll the Bones when they actually did do rap, right? So I, I was kind of yeah, like, Yeah, Roll the Bones was the... way more rap much more rap-ish. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. More well, it was rap. Word. Yeah, yeah, yeah. More spoken word, yeah, definitely. Restitution. Well, like I said, this was more like theater of the bizarre. They were, I think they were trying to do something like a little sci-fi, a little weird. Yeah. Right, I, I give them credit. Rats crawling around in my head kind of thing. Yeah. yeah. All right, so that's fair enough. I Hey, we, we like objective feedback, and we know the boys did too. You know, they were the only friggin' band that were not ever afraid to lose fans and, in fact, would compare themselves to other great artists who were fearless in that regard. And probably one of the ones that uh, Neil... Uh, enjoyed the most in that regard was David Bowie and his ability to not give a shit about offending his fans and reinventing himself again and again and again and again and again so that he could remain yeah. relevant and fresh for like 20 years solid right with a career you think about it Rush did the exact same thing exact same thing they so did. Shats what do you got buddy is it living in the limelight or are you wishing him well there's some interesting stuff, and I and I don't know this album very well. I don't know any of it um, really very well, and certainly this song, I don't know much at all. I, I don't even remember ever hearing it before. Um, <laughs> the, but there's there's some interest to it. That I like the lyrics. I like the 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 changes. Of, of, of the feeling of the song. It goes from like one song to the next. The spoken word thing, although it's really weird, the words themselves are really cool. And I like what's happening underneath that. So I'll, I'm not gonna say it, it basks in the glory of the limelight. I'm gonna say this song dances kind of off to the side of the limelight. I'm not I'm not I'm not casting it aside wishing it well it is it is kind of dancing in the sidelines of the limelight <laughs> all right all right I really so it's, choice. <laughs> it's on the periphery of the limelight so it's, it's on the song. right right it's on the outskirts of the light okay, okay. So almost in the darkness this is a binary adjudication uh, uh, we're, we're uh, non -binary, that we have non non-binary non-binary prime panel here for sure. Listen, the bottom line is here, what I've just read about the song, right? That this was one of the last ones that they made for the record. They were really just looking to get the yayas out, according to Kenny, and have a bit of a rage. So it's one of the goofiest songs that he thinks they've ever written. Oh, really? But he was really happy with it. So yeah, I mean, he's not far off with you guys. Like, you know, kind of a kind of a throwaway, a little interesting piece of lunacy is the way he described it. Uh, but for me, uh, you can hear it. Yeah, I love it too. It's living in the limelight for me. There's no doubt. I had a lot of fun with this one. Like I said, to me, this was always kind of um, uh, Twilight Zone kind of, you know, uh, part two kind of thing. Um, so yeah, I always enjoy this because I love Twilight Zone. Maybe that's one of the other really weird crush songs that uh, not a lot of people connect to. I happen to love it. Uh, so. Oh, yeah, right? I, I, I give that a big thumbs up. <laughs> Hell yes. Hell yes, right? So it's so funny that there are people today that don't get the reference. They don't understand Rod Serling. They don't understand any of that shit. So, hey, Shats, no. the friggin' monkey. Yeah, somebody left the door open. The monkey is here. You hear him beating <laughs> those? Come monkey. on. How long have you been playing the drums? Because you got to tell me the BPMs on this song. You got to guess. 
as long as I've known these two. As long, so what? Forty years you've been playing the drums. You've been 40, playing Rush just as long. Years. All right. What's the BPM? Uh, Mr. Drummer Man. He's he's rocking. One, uh, Look at him. One forty-two. Whoa! Oh. oh. One twenty. One twenty. Yes. Well, it, you know, it, it, it. I'm thinking about what's happening underneath the spoken word. That's that's what my mind. Yeah, went to. races up. And that and sounds down, right. It yeah. sounds a lot faster than one twenty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Weird. Close. Yeah, but really I'm still close. Still the best one in the band. I don't care. Shots <laughs> <laughs> no, is right. Shots is right. The idea of what the beat is a little ambiguous because the beat is. No, 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 but Shots is correct. The rhythms are heavily divided. Da, 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 da. There's a lot that's dividing the beat. So there's a pulse that, 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 that that's faster mm-hmm. in the 200s that you could also think of as, as you know, the first division of the beat is kind of, a, it's it's ambiguous. I've reached the but the slow beat, they're talking about that. So that's, that's the one. Yeah. So, See how much we love each other? We rationalize each other's mistakes. It's so nice. This is like the, the niceness of the Rush family is spreading the, the rash here amongst the three of you. It's so wonderful. So, and this is one of the things that we do to have a lot of fun with Shats. Because, yes, how the hell can anybody put an average BPM on any Rush song? I don't know of any of them. Exactly. And they're cover songs, right? So, okay. The One of the last games that we play before we wrap it all up, the last part of your cure... Is, is now we're hearing the song from The Price is Right. What we like to do is guess how many times did they play this song live? And what we do is we, we guess closest to the actual number. The winner is the person who gets closest to the actual number without going over. So, What's the prize? Oh, well, you know what? It is an evening with the Shats. <laughs> That's what we're giving away well, I tonight. That's it. Oh, I didn't say what was going on with the shats. Hold <laughs> on there. Terry's going to be looking for me. I know her too. Time out. Whoa. Hold on. Tell All right. You might have known him done, 40 Otto. years. I've already known the freaking guy 20 years. I can't believe that. So, anyway, <laughs> more than that, actually, shats. I've known you almost 25 freaking years, but anyway. 25 years. That's yeah. fucking crazy. So, not as long as Janine. Or Matt. Not as Matt, long as Janine. Matt the so, we're going to defer. The, the littlest twerp. <laughs> oh. Now you're calling him a little twerp. All right. Now I got to defer to him. He's going to be very first. young. I was very young when we met. All right. Well, we're going to let you, since he just. Uh, is he he just besmirch your character here, make it funnier? Yeah, uh, we're gonna we're gonna go to you first. So how many times All right. All right, we did they this play this live? I'm guessing that this probably only saw the light of day on the counterparts tour. So I don't really know how long a rush tour is. I'm I don't think counterparts was a massive tour. What could it have been? 40, 80, between 40 and 80 gigs, if they played it at all. Um I'm, I'm going to say like 50 times they played it and they never played it again after the counterparts tour. That's the key okay. thing. I think, I think they played it because it was fresh and new, but then they, they, they shelved it. So let's put it at 50, assuming the tour was about that long. I have no idea though. Honestly. Fair enough. Fair enough. It's a great rationale. It's what we'd like to do here. So Janine, your, your guess. Uh, hmm. Let's see. Matt's at 50. I, I remember. <laughs> <laughs> Gee, let's go 
55. 55. Okay, we're playing that kind of game. What do you got, Shets? Well, I think given what you said about uh, Getty's um, uh, take on the song, a, a goofy rave that, um, you know, they, they just kind of threw together um, for the, you know, the last track um, to, that, to record. It's not the last track on the album, but the last track that they recorded. I'm going to say they never played it live. Oh, that's oh my God. Damn! Oh, I don't get to guess. Oh, the sirens are going off. Shats hits it right on the nose. They never played it. Uh, and that's a great it? rationale. That's a great rationale, wow. right? Yeah. They never played nice Tears shots. either. Very good. They never yeah. played Tears live. They never played Tears live either. Huh. Yeah, we so have, I think if it was too up. weird or if it was too slow or too sad, they didn't play it live. <laughs> Although they did we have the one car. up on Rush, we've played Tears Live. You hang have. on, hang on. I'm looking it up as we speak because you got me really curious. <laughs> you, I'm seeing the counterparts tour. Hang on, okay. This is an example of the with the set. Here it is. Uh, so they did counterparts tour. Started January 22nd to 90, January 22nd, 94 to May. Uh, they did 54 shows. Counterparts tour 94. Hang on. This is on Wikipedia. Oh, wait a minute. Hold on. I was on the wrong page. I think you mean win. Hold on. She no closest two without going over. 55. They did 55 times. I was on the wrong page. Oh, they did play it. And every you guys had it. You had a great rationale. They played it 55 times. So she nailed it right on the head. Schwartz wow. and she said, All right. They only played it in 1994. So on the counterparts tour. So your rationale was all perfect. You were so close. Well, everybody we get to be Except with for you. Shats. Yay. <laughs> That's all the right. prize. You win. You win dinner with the Shats. You get to buy Shats no. dinner. Oh, for real? <laughs> oh, she gets to buy me dinner. She gets to buy Shats Well, that's dinner. even a, a bigger Woo. treat. Hey, that's because, good. you that's know, good. if it's. I if like it's, it. I'll take it. If it's good for Shats, it's good for I us. Just like five times. There you go. Well, All right. Can you believe that? We're that on. weird little song got played fifty-five yeah, that's times. Yeah, interesting tour. If you look at the set list, they they did. I, obviously, they wanted to get a bunch of songs from that album on. Uh huh. Yeah. So I mean, I thought his rationale though was pretty good. That like Getty calling it, it a goofy little I would, number. I would, like, I yeah. I would have left the show. I totally would have had that. Yeah. Knew what he was talking about. <laughs> All right. Well, Doctor Matthew Halper on the case, correcting us because hey, I want to tell you something. I got to remind everybody, including our audience, we are not political on this show. We are not correct. And we got the microphone, so we don't give a shit. So if we say it, it's the truth. It's got to be right. it. And we're social about that. So we're truly social in our own way with our only truthy socially network over here. So we're good. Until we somebody calls us out. Till, and you know what? It may be Ed from uh, rushisabandblog.com who's coming down here to visit us. But I also want to give a shout out real quick to our uh, sponsor, Danforth and Pape. Danforth and Pape Outfitters. I don't know if you guys have seen my nice little shirt here. This says... 
Lakeside Park. Oh, yeah. And so Ooh. Danforth and Pape, out on Facebook at Danforth and Pape, they do all these wonderful Rush t-shirts. So all of the favorite inside jokes that you might have about Rush. But what I wanted to share this evening was that Paul was so nice to grace us with a t-shirt. Each one of us, uh, Shad's got one, I got one. And I wanted to read everybody that the label in the back of the uh, the quality garment oh. that I'm wearing here from Danforth and Pape Outfitters. So mine is a uh, Is that the care label? This is the care label inside the shirt. So oh, I love that. To maintain this frightfully spiffing garment in the style to which it is accustomed, please insist your manservant, housekeeper, or valet strictly adheres to the ensuing pictorial's washing instructions while you get tucked into a thoroughly decent bottle of vintage port and exhilarating game of buckaroo. So, and then there's, you got to be in 30 degrees. On a little tiny label. I don't know. 30 degrees Celsius water. It's got a Canadian maple leaf. It's uh, got an iron and it says, do not put this in a pizza oven. Is that what that symbol is? I can't tell that last symbol. But anyway, (laughs) don't put your shirts in a pizza oven. Visit Danforth and Pape because if it's like Chats was saying before, good for him. It's good for us and good for them and good for you. You guys are lucky. Sponsorship is a wonderful thing. So we also got our friend Kevin Brown up there in freaking Canada with his bar. If he ever even tells us the name of the bar and sends us his shirts, he's a sponsor too. But not today. We'll bust his balls when he comes in. Anyway, (laughs) we have gotten through. Holy crap, Chats. An, a a shot fourteen. A shot show. We had a complete shot show here. Thank you both shot so show. much for being here. You took a shot. <laughs> it was a shot That's right. show. We all took a big shot. <laughs> to the extent that we have never seen before here. So wait, before we say goodbye to everybody, hold on. We got a couple pieces of business, right, Shat? So we got the scratch list, or maybe we tonight we call it the Shats list. Uh, no, yeah. that's not nice. Let's yeah. not do that. The Shats is Shats is scratch list. Shats is scratch list. Okay, you say that five times fast. Exactly. <laughs> Go ahead. Oh snap, bitches! It's the scratch list. You got that itch, and we're serving up the cure in your neck of the woods. Fucking a, we're talking on the ground support for your rush rash. You gotta go out and scratch your itch to hear Rush performed live with any of these great fame Rush bands, or bands that play lots of Rush. In the UK. Moving Pictures UK December the 6th and 7th in fucking Hull UK, and December the 8th in Birmingham, England. Hot damn. Liam Jane Kennedy December the 14th Hard Rock Cafe Glasgow for the effing book to a pressure with Steve. Skin Veggie Hagazita. Brown, and Wing from Moving Pictures UK. In the US. Why why not at the Wall Street Theatre in Norwalk, Connecticut, January the 5th, Lovey, and January the 6th and the 2024 Bubba Bash England side part of King Keswick Theatre. Second contact at Tommy Fox's public house in the New York, New Jersey, and Connecticut area December the 9th. Solar Federation of the Whitaker Center in Harrisburg Par December the 2nd. Rush Archives at the Aggie Theatre in Fort Collins, Colorado on December the 2nd. In Canada. New World Men December the 14th in Otterburn Park, Quebec Kids Centre Cultural de la Pointe Milan. 2112 at the Rock Pile in Toronto on December the 1st. All right, so go check out those bands. You got an itch, you got to go get it scratched. So as we heard, you guys are on that list December 9th. Tell us about this place you're playing. 
This place is oh. in Bergenfield, New Jersey. In Bergenfield. Yeah. yeah. It's called Tommy Fox's. Yeah. You'll hear with authentic Irish brogues there. It's quite charming. We have yes. a nine o'clock start and it's a legit stage. So that's kind of nice. <laughs> Small, but we fit. We barely fit. <laughs> we got it's kind of like a giant shoebox that we get stuffed into. <laughs> hey, you know, yeah, yeah, is that the stage? Early because we tend to draw a really nice crowd. We're very lucky. Well, and, we um, know the file mark. Now that we're announcing it, the fire marshal might come to this show too. So you better oh get goodness. there early. You're not going to get a seat, right? <laughs> Uh, there you go. I think I think the guys at Tommy Fox's will pay him off and kick him out. <laughs> <laughs> none of this shit, none of this pedestrian stuff, yeah, kicking people That's out right. from his dinner There's table. There's a few hey. bucks and a bottle of Irish Hell, whiskey. Get the fuck hey, out. Come on. All right. So, hey, right. So we had the Shats list. We got the Shats' scratch list going there. So uh, we also invite Corey Morissette, Loki Corey, come in and tell us all about the Deep Dive Podcast Network, of which we are so privileged and honored and humbled to be a part of. Corey, sir, I'm what do? Whoa, here he is, the man himself, the man, the myth, the legend. And I didn't have to even smack him in the private parts tonight. Thank you very much. All right, Corey, go right ahead. That's the Taz card. Here we go. We're going to go through the Deep Dive Podcasting Network, featuring such shows as Backtracks, Aerosmith Revisited. Uh, featuring myself and Scott Haskin. Backtracks theme music featuring myself and John Mariano. The Ultimate Catalog Clash featuring myself and Kevin Brown talking uh, Bill Collins era Genesis. We're almost done season one, uh, about ready to pick the band for season two. That's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, of course, Kevin also does uh, the Tom Petty Project. Uh, I think they just did Learning to Fly this week, which is one of my all-time favorite Tom Petty songs, so go check that out. Yeah. Uh, the aforementioned Seaside Pod Review with Kevin and uh, that motherfucker Randy Woods. Uh, the Cardinal of the Church, or go fuck yourself. Uh, Scott Haskin also does a show about Uriah Heap called The Magician's Podcast. We have Nate and John at The Deep Purple Podcast. The Simple Man at Skinnered Reconsidered. Terry T-Bone Mathley at T-Bone's Prime Cuts on the other side. Rye at Sabbath Bloody Podcast. Paul Joan David at In the Lap of the Pods. That podcast is wrapping up uh, before the end of the year here, so go check them out before it's too late. Uh, Andy and Mac uh, do a show called Hawk Binge on the band Hawkwind. Then you have Eric and Jonathan at Maiden A to Z, Daniel and Josh at Diary of the Mad Men, the Ultimate Aussie Podcast, Ben and Sam at Universally Speaking, the Red Hot Chili Peppers Podcast, George and Hattie at the Judas Priest Cast, Clay and Riot North by South Podcast, that's Canadian Music versus American Music. Check that out, it's a heck of a lot of fun. Greg and Jonathan at So Far, So Pod, So What, talking all things ABBA. No, I'm kidding, of course, they're talking Megadeth. Quinn, Ned, and Volume for All. Sav, Nick, Steve, and Mark at the Rock Roulette Podcast. Then we got the Chazerific shows. Chaz and Greg at Regarding Lulu. Of course, that show is wrapped up, but please uh, catch up uh, on all their old episodes, especially if you hate your ears. Then we have Chaz and Chats at Rush Rash and Chaz and Wolfie at uh, Regarding Roger. That's Roger Waters. And that one will be coming up very, very soon. And of course, we uh, ask you all to support all of our friends in the podcasting universe, including You're All Doomed, a Friday the 13th podcast, the Sean Geek and Fast Fret podcast, the DLR cast, the bogus Oda show, soon to feature one Sammy Hagar himself. Pot of Thunder, the uh, recognized symbol of excellence in rock and roll podcasting. Booked on Rock with the legendary Eric Senich. Dissect that film. And Three's Company 2, a rewatch podcast. Rest in peace, Suzanne Summer. Okay. All right, now. Yes, take that out of here. Thank you very much. All right. We got mixed company, Corey. Come on. 
Yeah, Aye, keep it this clean. guy. I'm sorry, Janine. He's a little out of control. He's Canadian. He's stuck right. up you know there. What? I've, I've been hanging with the boys for decades. I'm used oh, to it. Oh, well, we heard. So you were in that room. So very early on, Shats described these little rooms that you were all in, doing your little rush excursions and adventures and learning these songs. And I'm amazed you made it out. So I actually, I, I given that you've been through that, I guess it wasn't a big idea or a big deal that you were in the containment unit earlier. Because if you lived through that earlier with Shats and these guys. Oh, <laughs> oh that's right. She's been through hell, through hell and back <laughs> with with me and the brothers. Figuring out Nothing the Nothing shocks me at this point. Sweating <laughs> it out. Well, hey, you guys, you guys have been incredible. Thank you so much for spending for so much time us. with us. It was us. a lot of fun. Oh, man, Thanks, this was guys. a blast. We've got our favorite band. What could be better with our yeah. favorite people? Well, I, I, I hope it was a pleasant enough experience that you'll come back and uh, grace us again. Absolutely. Well, you, so you guys, yeah. yes, the door is always open and those special episodes, you're you're definitely top of the guest list. So thank oh, you very much. Thank you so much. Likewise, thank you. Thanks uh, for joining the family here. And at this point, what Shats and I like to do is tell everybody, hey, you made it through, so go scratch. Go scratch. <laughs> <laughs> Peace Good night, everybody. Rush, rush. Thank you very much.